the magical world of endorphins and unicorns. It's all on tonight's Fabulous D Show with Four Culture editor and certified Zumba instructor Paula Frank and me. I'm the artist D. We'll tell you how to live better for real. It all happens right now. I never saw a place like this in my life. And that's why I always say I'm the first superstar, because who the hell is left? I might not have been the first, but there's nobody from back then who's still, you know, sitting in front of their computer so fervently, because I still am. I'm just looking up a lot of synonyms for fabulous. It's what you get. Once you start, you can't stop. You know, it's like fear. That's why this program is for anyone with a brain in their hands. But somebody found a potato that looked like Elvis, and then like a week later, somebody found, I don't know, a breadstick that looked like Jesus. What's wrong with people? And most serial killers run around, you know, oh, they thought they were God, they thought they were Jesus, so, you know, they'd go out and kill 10 or 20 or 50 people. It's lonely being this fucking smart man. of all that does not contain or pertain to you, yourself, your life, distractions, also known as landmines. Oh, that sounds fun! I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. Do you mean really, really? Can I, can I really, can I, can I really post consults in chat? Anyone who wants to scare the shit out of a Catholic, all they have to do is, you know, create some kind of, you know, revelation. Always from the right state of mind. Can I say that on here? Is this really necessary? What people don't understand, what people don't understand, what people don't understand, let's do that. Welcome to the Fabulous D Show. I am the artist D. Who the hell else? Right. And tonight I'm joined by one of my favorite fellow fabulous persons and editors. It's Four Cultures' very own Paula Frank. How are you doing tonight, darling? I am great and fabulous uh, as always. How so are good you? To be fabulous. I'm I'm pretty fabulous myself. I'm freezing, and I know I can't say that in front of you. Yes, you cannot say that in front of me. I'm in the middle of. Winter Storm Gandalf. How stupid Gandalf. is that? Did they pull it from Harry Potter or what? I I don't know. I don't know. And why do we need to name winter storms in the first place? Isn't it enough we name hurricanes and yeah, the winter typhoons st- and winter storms? I don't know why we need winter storms named, but I guess they just want to make everything human so we can hate everything and then therefore humans. Pretty soon when we have the heat waves, we'll be having, you know, heat wave Hertha or something like that. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. And it's cold and it's, it's winter and snowing and it's not snowing glitter, even though it's called Gandalf. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of bummed about that. I was hoping for some glitter. Maybe a snow unicorn or something. Yes. But it is January, no, and you are Paula, and you are from Four Culture, and you're also, you, you've, you have turned your life around, because January is where all the hordes of sheeple make New Year's resolutions, and we know how we feel about those. We're not very happy here about those, but each season in January, I do a Live Better show, and I think this is it. This is my Live Better show with you, because... While I'm kind of, I haven't fallen off the horse, I've certainly grown to despise the horse. But you, you're doing really well. You kind of picked yourself up in 2012 and, and turned shit around and lost, like, weight and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <clears throat> it's actually um, something I've been working on for, for quite some time. And um, I'm certainly no expert, but, you know, it, it's... It's always a struggle, I think, for for everybody. 
and I'm with you on New Year's resolutions. I'm like, why the hell wait? If you need to change something, just change it. Change it now. Change it then. Change it whenever. Don't wait till the first of because yeah. then you won't. It, it won't work. Yeah. What's so magical about the first of the year? And it never lasts. And then you're done with it in three weeks. Exactly. When you've forgotten your initial fervor. We lose it so quickly, especially us Americans. And lifestyle exchanges is basically what it's all about because that's the, the, the faux resolution thing is, is that it's not, a, it's not a one-time thing. You can't go on a diet for three months because you'll, you'll pick up the hamburger right, right away. And it's not a temporary thing. It's, it's this temporary bullshit that doesn't work that they keep doing every year. And I think if everyone realized that, they would either pull, this, pull themselves together or, or just give up completely and turn into the size of manatees, I imagine. <laughs> I, think more, I think more manatees. We'd have more manatees than people who would actually pull themselves together. Because if they really knew the truth, that they had to change their lifestyle forever, yeah, they'd be horrified. Well, you know, it, it's one more thing that <clears throat> the industry can sell the sheeple that, you know, it's January 1st and you have to look this way and we will come out with the thousands of commercials that tell you if you eat this, it will cause magic. And if you take this pill, it will change your life. And if you, you know, visit this gym, your life will be fabulous. And it's just, the rest of the way that the industry makes money on the sheeple that don't realize that they're being exactly. sold as a sale of goods. Bill of goods. And, and that's exactly what it is as, as they go around that, that curve and the landmines of January 1st. You, get, you have to lose your weight, the weight that they told you to gain in December. And, you know, relax. It's the holidays. Just sit back and eat the cake. It's okay. And then yep. January, it's not okay anymore. Right. Yep. So tell us a little um, about your lifestyle change from, from where, where you were. Give us a picture of, of where you were and then what you did and, and where you have ended up thus far. Well, um, <laughs> how far back would you like me to go? Apparently. Uh, <laughs> it, it, well, and I guess that is the truth. It's a long story for everyone, because if you asked me, I would start off, you know, I was a fat child and all that. But I guess just before, you know, you, you came to a point where you felt you were unfit and out of shape, apparently. And and how out of out of shape and unfit were you, would you say, in your opinion? Um, well, um, I guess I was never I was never the you know, the fat child. I was never a size two, but I was never the fat child um, until I got pregnant with my first child of my own, which happens to a lot of women. You get pregnant, you're eating for two, and it's all okay until you've gained 80 pounds, which is what I did, and then you have a nine-pound child. <laughs> <laughs> and you're left with... Everything oh, else that you did for that entire nine months. Um, and then it's hard to get I, it off because you're very busy raising that nine-pound child. You're very busy. And I think, um, you know, what, what happened to me is just it's the story of, of women, wives, mothers, everywhere. And, and that is that, you know, you, um, you're single and you're fabulous. And you get married and you don't have to be quite so fabulous because your partner loves you anyway. That's right. And then you have children, or in the case of women, and <clears throat> you get very wrapped up in keeping the home. You know, you're, you're the wife, you're the mom, you've got kids to pay attention to, you've got a husband to take care of, you've got laundry to do, you've got meals to cook, Ugh. you've got umpteen things on your plate. And you yourself end up falling by the wayside and you don't pay attention and it just kind of creeps up on you. <clears throat> um, and, and it came. So you, you had this life and, and got married and had children. You have two children, yes? Yes. yes. Two children, two boys. Um, 
and who are 16 and 12. So you've got th- basically you've got three children, three boys, <laughs> counting your <laughs> husband. Yes. <laughs> Always count and, the uh, husband as one. So you went by the wayside completely. Yeah. Right. And I think I think it's a very common story for women and not even just for women, but you see it in men too where they're, you know, they're busy building their career, they're you know, it it's just life. Life gets in the way. It is, and it's the everybody. opposite for them. I mean, they they could be busy raising the children as well, but I think it is more career based. And they did right. get married, and and suddenly they're just so comfortable because <clears throat> they they'll get laid either way. So, it, 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 well, yeah, work. you know, and that's of course speaking in general terms. Of course, not, but, <laughs> but we, we can just, be nice to some it of the men to be out the there. The common story, mm-hmm. um, and I guess. I I don't I can't even tell you really what what was the turning point for me at at one point um my oldest son and I think anybody who knows me pretty much knows this about me my oldest son had um leukemia mm. and we went through that which was extremely extremely stressful and of course all of my attention was focused there which it had to be and it should have been. I'm. I will never argue that point. You know, that my son needed me, and my family right. needed me, and that's where my attention had to be. Um, as I was kind of coming out of that, and he was doing better, and we were kind of getting back on track with a normal life, as much as you can call it normal. Uh, it just kind of occurred to me that you know somewhere along the way along the path that there wasn't a me anymore mm-hmm. you know it was right. uh it was i was who i was at work and i was who i was at home as a wife and a mom and i had lost a lot of the things that were very important to me um i also had to face my 30th birthday at some point in there, which, which threw me for a huge loop. (laughs) And it just was kind of a mixture of, of things. And so over the years, I kind of, I would, you know, lose a little weight, I would try to work on me. And like all good New Year's resolutions, by February 1st, I was done. And uh, over it, it was over. And you know, and by the next January 1st, I would have gained back whatever I had lost and then some. Um, my highest point was about three years ago, and I was about 220 pounds and a size 22. And, mm, and that's uh, pretty, for those who are international, that is pretty big. Yes, that was... Um, that was not good, and I felt like crap, and definitely, I was miserable, and I couldn't stand to look in a mirror, and I felt completely unattractive, and I just felt miserable, and it was, you know, it was just uh, okay. Something has to give here because you just get sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. Sick and tired of always being sick and tired. We've heard that absolutely. So it snapped. You snapped. And I decided did. I kind of just snapped and something. decided my kids are old enough. They can handle some time without me. And it was time to pay attention to me a little bit again. And what did you decide to do? Well, over the last, it's really been over about the last three years that I've really, um, and I, I still would say that I have ups and downs. I don't know that that will ever go away and no. I will be entirely focused just because life happens. And the, the thing that I have learned to do, though, is kind of forgive those times when I just can't and realize, mm, absolutely. you know, there are a thousand things scrambling for my attention, and sometimes they are more important than, than getting right. to the gym or and getting, you know. <laughs> and, and that is a big point. Glad you made it that, when you do slip up, and, and that's something that I, I was learning when I was getting fit and fabulous, was how to deal with those slip ups. Because 
I have a, a, a totally different angle. You know, you, you were kind of steamrolled by real life. You know, you had a family, you had people. And me, I was just this food addict. I, I really was just acting like a spoiled brat that I want what I want <laughs> and I will eat it and I will have it. <laughs> and, and that's the difference that I see now be, from before was I was just eating it because I wanted to. And, and there was really nothing... There was no reason. I didn't understand the people that said, you know, I, I had no time to cook dinner. It's like, well, I have time to cook dinner. I just don't want to cook the right dinner for me. And then when I now, when I look back at that, I'm like, I totally understand. I totally get it because now is the days when I get home and I'm exhausted and I don't want to cook dinner. And I'd rather just pick up the burger and, and bring it home with me or any of that stuff. It would be fantastic to not have to come home and wash a sink full of dishes and cook dinner. So I get that now, but back in the day, do you feel part of that is, is kind of age too? As we get older, we realize, you know, when you're young, probably you're, you're untouchable. You know, you're never going to die. You're never going to get sick. You're never going to run out of energy Never. and you're always going to look this fabulous. Exactly. And and all of a sudden, all those McDonald's burgers catch up to you (laughs) and they're not (laughs) as easy to get rid of. And, they and kick you realize yeah. that um, I might want to make better choices if I want to continue. Exactly. And, and you do notice that you just don't bounce back like you used to. And uh, when I got to that point where I was healthy and, and well and I was on the right track, but I'd have those, those food addiction moments where I'd just go berserk and eat and eat and eat. And it was dealing with that that I realized I needed help with and and when i you know my my mentors and gurus that's what they'd say is like don't worry about it don't bother with beating yourself up about it just apologize to your body as cheesy as it sounded apologize to your body and move on you know and that's what i continue to do to this day because i slip up every now and then all over the place where i eat so much and i'm thinking i just should not have done that but i just apologize and move on and it makes me feel a lot better because that guilt will end up make you, making you eat more, and then you have an, a well, week worth exactly. of binging. And you think, I've already screwed up, so yeah. now what's the point? Exactly. Keep going. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So you changed a lot, and did you just start with exercise? How, how did you get from you know, not paying attention to you to finding the time to fit in, and what did you fit in to do better for yourself? Um, I did start fitting in some exercise, um, I, I really am a person that hates exercise. Yeah. I am not, I, I cannot just get on a treadmill and go or, um, a step machine or just lift weights or I find it incredibly boring it and is. I feel like a gerbil. <laughs> you <And> are. I, <laughs> you are. Yes. Yeah. The gerbil on the wheel going nowhere. And I, I just can't do that. Um, I kind of started walking. I do enjoy walking outside. Mm-hmm. I have never been a runner. Mm-hmm. I do not run unless I'm chased. <laughs> and that doesn't so, happen much, right? <laughs> which, yeah. Which, you know, I don't have a lot of cause for that. So, you know, it, I, I tried a lot of different things. I, um, I, I was the sheeple and I bought into the things on TV. Right. Um, not to say that they're not great things. Um, I have tried a lot of different uh, workout things that you can get on TV. Beachbody puts out some great stuff. I will never put it down because it mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did a turbo jam. I did a run of insanity, which worked. I just, every second of it um you know and and that's what's difficult because if you can't find something that you love it makes every minute torture definite problem because i hate it just as much all the time and that that's why I'm, i'm glad that you're with me that it just never really gets that much better but you do have to find something that you could at least you know you don't hate it enough that you you'll never go back to it Right, right. And it, you know, it's the rare person that really 
enjoys a lot of exercise and would spend every moment in the gym if they could. Exactly. I mean, that that's not the norm. No. Most people would much rather veg out on the couch watching a movie. Amen. At least the people that I know. And and me. <laughs> and that's why and I but I'm married to someone who who loves the gym and that's that's where, you know, they cannot get enough of it. And I just don't get it. I I mean, I I get where they're coming from that apparently they really love that that rush and that fitness and it, it makes them feel fantastic. But I just, it's not never anything I will ever say. Yeah, I really want to do this. And to this day, cause I, I am a runner now and, and a walker. And every time I go for that run or walk, I have to tell myself, just do it for 15 minutes. And if you don't feel like going on, you can quit. I have told myself that for the last like 10 years now, and it works because after 15 minutes, I want to keep going, but hey, I, 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 mean, I never, never want to do it to begin with. Yeah. If you find what works, what works for you, I mean that, and it's going to be something different for everybody. You know, it's because we're all different. Right. And just, it looks like you knew what you were seeking though, because you were, you were doing all those cardio interesting things, you know, the, the real jam packed kind of dancey workouts. Yeah, it kind of yeah. Led you. I was it led I, you. I was a dancer, and um, you know, obviously with four culture and those kinds of things that I'm involved in, music is very much a part of my soul. I came, I was born dancing and singing. I <laughs> am a person that constantly needs music in my life. It's like I have to have a soundtrack. <laughs> Makes total sense to us, absolutely. Yeah, and um. So anything, you know, that was very, very music-based would get my attention. Um, I, I did really like Turbo Jam. That was something that I did for a while. Um, and, and the reason that I liked it is, be, is because it had good music. Right. Had it not had that, I do not think I would have liked it. Right. So you went along the path and eventually, and, and I, I feel it's very recent, but yet... It's not very recent. You've been you've been Zumbaing lately. I have. I found Zumba, and honestly, uh, that that sunk me. I d- <laughs> in a, in a good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> you were you were fabulously sunken by Zumba. I was fabulously socked in the gut by by Zumba. Um, Obviously, for anybody that um, has seen the vast amount of infomercials that Zumba has put out, um, it's it's extremely music-based. I mean, that is the main focus of Zumba to begin with. And uh, it's dance put to music. So you put music and dance together for an hour, and you've got me. I mean, that was... And you can really pick your own soundtrack, so that's really perfect for you. Um, you can to a point. There, there are guidelines that you have to go to go through. Um, Zumba is very much um, Latin and world beat based. Mm-hmm. So um, you know most of your classes um, have the the main focus needs to be on those Latin and world beats. So uh, it would be the main rhythms would be like salsa, cumbia, merengue. Reggaeton, you can throw some belly dance in there, some samba, some, but those very, uh, you know, Bollywood, right. just those very world and Latin beats. So basically, it's an hour of dancing to to fabulous beats. And when did you get involved with this? Uh, last year, actually, um, I had, of course, seen the infomercials and was very interested in it just because it, it looked like a lot of fun. Um, they call it exercise in disguise <laughs> for a reason because it does not feel like exercise. It feels like you're having a one hour dance party and that really is what it is. So for my birthday last year, that's what I asked for. I said that, you know, if you get me nothing else, I, I would like to order the Zumba DVDs and, um, my family consented, and that is what I got for my birthday. And so I started doing them at home, and 
fell very much in love with them at home. Uh, and I have a friend here that I graduated with from high school. Um, there were classes here in town, which I had a vague knowledge of, but I had never heard of anybody that went to them. I didn't know anybody. Um, but this friend of mine from high school was going to these classes and she kept bugging me on Facebook and saying, you know, you should come to a class, you should come to a class. And I very much hemmed and hawed and said, you know, I paid all this money for these DVDs. Why would I want to go and pay money to go to class? And, <laughs> you know, it's just an extra expense right. I don't need. And what are they doing that I'm not getting from the DVDs? And little did I know, she finally, you know, broke me down and said, you just need to come, just come try it out. First class is free. You don't even have to pay for it. So, so I went and have not quit going since and have now actually gotten my certification um, to be an instructor and am now teaching those classes. You're a certified so. Zumba person. That's fantastic. And what was different? What did you find was different from, from owning it at home, doing it at home, from doing it in the in the studio with people that it's mostly just the energy i guess and the you know the social aspect of it that you're there with other women who um i never would have known aside from going to class we would have never had any other occasion to meet you know right and um and it's just an energy to be with other people and laughing and smiling and dancing and interacting and imagine that yeah people actually yeah. get along and have a good time when right dancing and it's and so different from you know if you go to a gym you step on that treadmill you face forward and you never look at the person to your left and you never look at the person to your right, right. and you're just there you put your half hour in on the treadmill you go and you lift your weights and it's it's completely different. It's, it is. It's, um, it's like getting together with your friends to club for an hour. Yeah, and I've never and understood, and that's why I wanted to discuss it, because, you know, not to make it an infomercial for Zumba here. And, and isn't it wonderful? I've never seen an infomercial for Zumba. That, really? That tells me I'm doing something right if I have stayed away from television that well. Yeah, yeah. Never. And <laughs> I have heard about it around me and from and mostly from you, but it, it just strikes a chord of what I used to what I got hooked on with Susan Powder and and the the early twenty first century, the new Stop the Insanity after Stop the Insanity ended. Um, you know, and that was what it was. You just the message was you have to move, you have to make it interesting, and you have to you know really have fun with it. But and that's why I, I hated the treadmill, the the bicycle that's stationary. The, what kills me, I was and I went to a gym probably late last year just to see what it was about, and I saw the step machine, which is like the physical, not just the 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 one we used to know with the you stepped on you know two things and it you, you just kept moving in that motion. It's right. actual moving. It's like a treadmill of steps. And you're right. literally walking them. Like a mini escalator. Right. And I thought, well, one, why don't you just go to the mall for free and walk the escalator? Two, why don't you just find some steps and walk it? I just never understood how, why you want to be stationary and stare at a wall when you can go outside and find the same thing with walking, running, riding a bike. Right. Climbing the steps. I just would rather not be in that environment. And, you know, you know me. I hate people so much. I just don't want to be around them. I'd rather be dancing around them like you. That would be great. And it does, it yeah. changes that entire, entire thing. It does. It's just a different energy. And, and endorphins do change everything, you know, and just like we were saying, the problem is you just have to get going on it. So you just have to do it. Right. And like, like everything in life, any kind of, no matter what you do, whether it's, um, you know, if you're changing your diet, if you are changing and adding exercise in, if you are, you know, making a choice to move or it, it all comes down to making those choices. And you'll have the to sweat. End. You just have to sweat. <laughs> I mean, there isn't, you know, if, if, if you want to change something, you have to make that choice to change and you can't 
make that choice on January 1st and expect that it's just going to carry through. You have to make that choice every single day. What a and pain in the ass. Of what you're going to put into your body, what you're going to do with your body, where you're going to, you know, all of those choices right. are something that you have to make every day. And that's really what it is. And that's why you would call it a lifestyle change instead of a New Year's resolution. As I it mean, really is, yes. And and when did you change? So that was your your physical fitness side of things. When did you change what you were eating? Um, I've never, I've never been a hugely bad eater. I don't really. Think. That's good. I, well, I, when I was I was when I was pregnant, obviously with my right. first child and the eighty pounds, that was awful. I could sit down and eat an entire large pizza. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean I I don't think that I have ever been a terrible eater. And that has mm. always been a frustration for me Yeah. just because it's like, okay, I'm not horking down McDonald's right. and, you know, steak and everything every day. I'm eating fairly healthy. So why do I have this problem with the weight? Yep. And it still is a frustration for me because I, I don't feel like I'm a terrible eater and I'm not, um, I'm not one to give up a lot of things. I tried Atkins at one point oh, for God. a while and it was, oh my God. I, it's like it's the, the purple elephant syndrome mm. when, you know, don't think of a purple elephant and the first thing you want you think of is the purple, purple elephant. elephant. <laughs> so tell me I can't have a baked potato and oh, that's, that's all I can think want. of. Yeah. I yeah. want fry. <laughs> <laughs> And that's, that's definitely where we differ because, well, I was never a bad eater. It was more the quantity of what I was eating, unfortunately, because I, I like a lot of good stuff, but it just, I would eat too much of it. And, and I still think I have that issue, but I just love, I love the way it makes me feel much like those people always say that's what they love, that, that rush that they get, the happiness that they get from it. That's unfortunately still me, always will be me. It was trying to convert, you know, what I was eating into much, much better stuff, like really better stuff, and then eat a lot of that. that that's where it, it, it differed for me. Yeah. Well, and I watched this show. Um, there was this show, and I don't remember right now. I can't even tell you what it was called or what channel it was on or anything. But it was this TV show, and I, I believe it was out of the U.K., um, and they would take like a really, really heavy person mm -hmm. and a really, really thin person and they would take them and put them together and <laughs> basically show them each other's eating habits and have them learn from each other. The, the heavy person could learn from the thin person. The thin person could learn from the heavier person. Mm. And they would take basically what they would eat in a day and put them in these big tubes so that you could see the difference and i remember seeing it one time where they had this this extremely thin person right. and but they would eat just crap. crap right and you know they were covered in zits and whatever else and they had this very heavy person who would eat what she thought was healthy food she would eat salad she would eat you know some right. pasta chicken whatever but three times as much right Exactly. And it really didn't matter that it was good for you. It was it was still causing you to, loot, loot, to yeah. gain because it was, you know, so 4,000 yeah. calories a day of salad drenched in dressing and cheese. and. Which is what I've been saying since the beginning is it doesn't matter what you look like. It, it, just because you're as thin as a rail, you still might be able to not get up those two flights of stairs. You could oh, stick, exactly. You, know, you could be completely out of out of work, out of fitness. There. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it has anything to do with what you look like. I know there's a lot of people that are far thinner than me that could not do what I do at well, this point. And we see it all the time. With you know, you're out there and and you have that one skinny friend who is is perfectly, amazingly thin and good looking, and they eat McDonald's three times a day. 
Yeah. And yep. we're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. And that that's just, you know, that that's something that you just have to get over because those people are always going to exist. My sister is one of them. My sister is very thin, very beautiful. I mean, just, and has four kids and, oh, no. you know, skinny as a rail. <laughs> and she's fine. That's crazy. So what was the, the conversion from, from 220 pounds to what you are now? What, what have you succeeded in here? Where are you at? Right now, I am right around 170. So it's about oh. 50 pounds gone. Um, I wouldn't say that I look 170. I've never looked as much as I weighed. No, you really. look much, much smaller. And, and they can quote me on that. Yes. Yeah, but I, I'm quite solid muscle i'm not which is the other thing you you can't and that's why i always did not want to count weight while i was working out because you build uh, you know lean muscle mass and all that so it's a total trade-off from fat weight to muscle weight it is it is and i've gone um i've gone more over to i i don't stress about the weight nearly as much as i used to i used to always that's usually the focus for everybody um, right, and it should be. Train that way, yeah. you know. We're trained that way. It's it's You're about the number when it's not the number. Yeah, you know, and this freaking BMI that oh, drives God. me insane, yeah, which makes no sense whatsoever. No, no, it doesn't, it, and it just irritates me beyond belief that people think you have to fit into this certain. Right. body mass yeah for index. me it was always about once once the weight started to come off and it started to be more about waistline you know the clothes that i was fitting in how i really felt that i looked it was more more about how i looked than right, what right. size you know and and now and, now that i've begun to build more muscle and came back around from that severely thinness I'm kind of I'm I'm near that size that waistline that I was, but yet it's a totally different chemistry now, which is very strange. I, I'm not before I was fat. Now I'm not fat, but yet a similar size. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. And I, well, I think, well, I said earlier I was like a size twenty-two. Right. Probably. I am in twelves now, which are getting pretty wow. loose um that's fantastic so and i will never i will never be a size zero i will never walk in and fit into a sample size ever i have boobs i have hips i have curves and i i like those and i never would want to be that thin because i would just be i would be sickly looking oh, i would yeah. be off well you'd be ready to fall over because that's why i was down to that size that they all you know, covet and, and wish that we were. Because, I mean, and especially in the gay world, every time you look at a, a, a gay personal ad, what's the person's waist size? No matter what they look like, their waist size is like 29 inches. Yeah. And we strive for that. And then I was almost, I, I may have been technically 29, and I think I fit into some 30s, and I was ready to die. I was always dizzy. I was always nauseous. I was always hungry. It was always there, and, and it's like, th- th- I was not built for this at all. Right, and there are, there are people in this world that are built that way, and they will always be that way, and there are people that aren't, and the majority of the population aren't, and that's something that we all just need to get over, because it isn't going to happen, and it shouldn't be that way. But no. it is, and, and we'll fight it forever. And we waste so much time, because there is something outside of that social brainwashing that is built in to know i mean we all know that the greek god is is super hot you know we all wish we could look like that and there's just something internally in us that we know what's really really attractive and we really really want to fit that standard but yet there's another part of us that has just steamrolled all the other attractiveness that exists in the large people or the the awkward looking people Anything, you know, any size, any shape, any look is attractive, but we don't embrace that. And, and it's like in our genes that we can't embrace it. And all. is it just our era? I mean, do you think a time will come again? It, it used to be, you know, they always say that, they, that 
they enjoyed the women that had more meat right. on their bones. It was a sign of wealth because they were they could afford food. Exactly. <laughs> so you were considered yeah. more attractive when you were larger. Um, I don't know if there know. ever would be any more. I mean, something drastic would have to happen. Yeah, I don't really think there will be either. I think it's too ingrained in us anymore to be size two. Which is really sad, because I'd rather not. I'd rather not have to think about it. Even now, when I think I look fine, I just wish that I would actually feel that I do, because I, I don't feel that way. I'll always be that person thinking, I could be better, I need to work on it more, I need to change. And that's just part of who we are, too. I mean, you're, you are type A, as am I, and I think that's something that people like us always struggle with because we never feel like it's enough it never is i guess that's that's pretty much how we all are for everything because i mean even look at us in our work in our in our art it's never good enough it's never enough we have to do more we have to keep working hard and make more so we do that to ourselves it just it's a mirror was your family similar to your, your diet and lifestyle, or were they a little bit more sinful with their eating habits, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> no, my family, they ate what I cooked. I mean, right. so it's not that they ever fought anything that I did. Um, we're very, you know, around the the meat industry, you know, we have a lot of ranchers, farmers around here. Um, we're very still meat and potatoes here. I was just talking to, um, a friend the other day who had gone and gotten, you know, this whatever salad, they'd gone to this wonderful restaurant and they had this whole, um, and she is pretty strictly vegetarian. Mm. Um, and you know, she was talking about all the wonderful choices that they had, we don't we don't have that option yeah. here really yeah it's like that that sweet tomatoes restaurant which i've i would never set foot in but it's a it's a salad restaurant here and it's packed all the time and i think people lining up for salads i mean you would never see that where you are no no where's the steak here, <laughs> you might have you might have one meal on a menu that wouldn't have any meat in it if you had somebody that was a vegetarian. Um, And I don't, I try not to eat a lot of meat, mostly just because, um, especially red meat. And it's not an animal decision for me or anything like that. It's just, I feel better when I don't have it. I don't digest it well. Um, It affects my skin just in weird ways. Right. I, I don't know. And it's true. And I do um, hear that a lot from people who can stay away from it. it, it they don't, it doesn't give them energy. It doesn't, doesn't do it for them. If, right. If they so really I pay attention. <laughs> yeah. So I just try not to eat a lot of it just because I've discovered it just doesn't work with my body well. Um, but it, it's difficult here where I am. Just, it hasn't hit here yet. And you still are you know, you're supposed to sit down to the table and have your meat and have your potato and have your vegetable and your piece of bread and your glass of milk. Oh, and my God. <laughs> very Aussie and Harriet. <laughs> it is. And, and especially you are in a smaller town, which it struck me as, as amazing that you really don't have the availability of certain things, and uh, you know, you've you've told me before about this fruit basket and this the, the, the fruits and vegetables that you get. You know, they they ship them in, and you have to sign up for this basket if you want some of these wonderfully fresh things. And people don't realize that some places just you know you don't even have you couldn't find an avocado if if you tried. I think. Uh, we could maybe find them, but um, avocados here when they are not in season. Well, First of all, they're crap when you get them in the store. Right. They're mush and they're half brown and they're by the time they get here. Um, and you will be charged three or four dollars a piece for oh, an avocado that is mushy and brown. Mushy and brown and it's not pleasant. Um, <laughs> that does not sound pleasant whatsoever. Yeah, and I'm just not willing to pay that kind of money for something I'm not going to eat anyway right. and enjoy. So it, it is it is difficult, I have to say. Um, 
in a small town. And like you're talking about having a place to go that's just salads or whatever. We have, um, this this will shock everybody, we do not have McDonald's. Gasps from the audience, I'm, yes. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, everybody freaks out no and McDonald's. says, I thought McDonald's was everywhere. everywhere. We used to have a McDonald's, they closed. Um, and I, I can't say that I miss it all that much these days. Mm. There is a day that I would have said, oh my God, no McDonald's, I'm going to die. <laughs> I... <laughs> I guess so for me too. It, it, and it's after many, many years of not having any of that, especially that, when I did partake very, very rarely. And, and for the first time, I felt very ill. I mean, I liked it when I was eating it, and it wasn't even that great anymore. But you could just feel, and I still have that feeling now when I eat something that's really, really fake, like, you know, a. a chicken nugget where we all know where those come from <laughs> but, and when you eat that and it's like okay that was all right but then later it's like I feel like I'm digesting you know like I swallowed plastic. a toy or something yeah a plastic toy yeah it's very it weird in your stomach and you oh it's like yuck. your body really yeah. really recognizes that this this is really pretty unnatural I'm, I'm pretty certain it is you know yeah, and when your body gets used to eating better food and you put something else in it, boy, it knows. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think people really get confused with the reasons to get healthy or to look better because society likes to, to fool them into thinking that it's, it's a healthy choice, that it, this is for your health. And I think really we should be honest that unless you're really being affected health-wise, it's not why you're doing it at all. I mean, you're doing it to look better. You want to look better. Yeah, that, I mean, that exactly. It, it really depends on who you are, but I think most people, they should really just embrace that. And of course, that's, oh, that's so vain, which is funny for this culture to say, how dare you be vain, which we kind of are. And they should just put out these these schemes and these diets saying, you know, you need to look better. And of course, the pills are all about looking better and all that. But really, I think people should just face facts and say, you know, I want to look awesome and hot and, and like that Greek god, if I could. And it's not about my health, because unless you're, you're clasping the or grasping the, the, the heart surgery pillow saying, I need to get healthier, I'm going to die. It's not really on your mind whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, it, it very much is. It's very much about I want to feel like I look good. It would be nice. We need to embrace that. I think more people need to. And, and I think it, you're right. You know. I think we do. I think we need to be able to stand up and just say, you know what? I want to be hot. I mean, yeah. it's in every magazine anyway, the, these airbrushed pieces of crap that, that we have to look up to. Or, or people want to look up to for some strange reason. It, it, they well, might as when, well admit when do you, it. Yeah. When do you really push yourself to do those things? It's when you're, um, you know, like, oh, I have a trip coming up. Right. I have a cruise coming up. My high school reunion is coming up. All of those kinds of different reasons that people all of a sudden decide they need to make the switch. That isn't for your health. No. That's so that you can look better <laughs> when you go on your trip and see those people that you haven't seen for 20 years at your high school reunion. And why they, I mean, that's so obvious to me that the society is set up that way, that the 360 days, the, the year-long, you know, course that everyone runs themselves all the time, that you, you can be fluffy and fat on no, in November, in December, but then suddenly January, oh my God, lose the weight because now the rest of these things that we've set up for you for the rest of the year require you to actually look good and not wear that fluffy Christmas sweater with the glitter on it. Yes, well, it's money. You know, Christmas, it they have money. to sell the candy and the fruitcake and the... Yes, and I don't think we could get past a, a live better type of show without discussing that cycle i mean just even pointing it out that you know the they give you the food to make you fat so they can sell you the diet pills and they can sell you the plastic surgery and then they need you to get ill from the food and from the fat so you can go into the hospital and pay more money for your health care and it's that cycle i mean they've set it all up they've they've made they've given you the food 
They make you unhealthy. They make you skinny. They make you sick and need surgery. And then, you know, it, it's that cycle. And nobody really thinks about that, yet it's right there in front of them. Well, we don't think about it because it's a part of life anymore. I mean, it, everything is everything is an ad. And that's what we tell our children, isn't it? That that's just life. That's just life, honey. You just, that's what and you, I, you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I must, I must have this because the TV tells me so. Indeed. And I do feel like a robot lately with pushing myself to do anything. Cause like I said, at the top of the hour, I just don't feel like it anymore, but I think it's really important that no matter how you don't feel like it, you just have to keep doing it. Because I know one day I'll wake up and I'll want to do that again. I'll want to be active and, and really into it. But I, when that happens, I don't want to start from that manatee look again. No right. offense to manatees. I mean, it's a great look for them. <laughs> it's not for us. You'll be, you'll be getting angry mail from I've, the manatee population. Yes. Yeah, PETA, they'll be, you know, all up in my ass <laughs> about how dare you call the manatees fat. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> terribly sorry <laughs> and it and it does zumba kind of shows that it's that packaging it's all about the packaging because uh, like i said susan powder i swear to you all listening she came up with this it was all about you know aerobics move your body in 30 to 45 minutes per day in an aerobic fashion excitedly differently it didn't have to be that standard stable walking in place and and well, just do it. But yeah, then Zumba came along, and here we are. Yeah. It and was, before Susan Powder, it was Jane Fonda. And, and Richard Simmons. And, God. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, exactly. there's always Jack LaLanne right. back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they weren't in, ex interested in listening to the short-haired lesbian. It was, you know, once they pre... It's just like, you know, I think she's very bitter about Jillian Michaels because that's kind of similar too. And it's like, oh, that, that embodies your regular woman who, who you want to look up to and be like. And it's normal. It's fed to them normally. It's okay. It's, and it, Zumba, it's happy. It's, it's glitter. It's good. Not, you know, not speaking ill about any of it, really. But it right. just goes to show about the packaging. Someone yeah. could come up with it and it could be amazing. But until they package it right for those poor sheep, they're never going to oh, get it. Exactly. Never going to exactly. get it. Exactly. We're visual. It's about looking good. And, you know, and if you, if you make your program look good enough, anybody will buy it. As we know, it's, down here on the underground, it's all about how you give it to them. Because we should be on, you know, NBC by now. But we're not. Because we're scary. Yeah. Yes, oh, I'm because scary. we're different. Exactly, because we're different. But if they do need that inspiration through their mind's fitness and their brain's fitness, they need to go and look at Four Culture. Am I right? You are absolutely right. We're doing some amazing so things. So right. And, and we'd, be, we'd be horrible if we didn't discuss it briefly. And issue four is out now, Steam Powered Giraffe. We love Steam Powered Giraffe, yes. Yes, and talk about packaging there. Yes, Those guys are awesome. Exactly. And they are awesome, and they have the sound and the quality to be, and that's pretty much what Four Culture is. Everyone who's in there, they have the quality to be where everybody else is, where the mainstream is, and making the money, but yet, for some reason, they're not accepted. And that is the reason, is they're a little bit weird sometimes, or, or just not, you know, they can't, fit them into the box oh, I wish we could throw that box away it would be nice the box of, of life, of media of body, of image of mind because then you know all, all my life we're all outside the box but then at the end you're always, you step outside of one box into another box it's like when does it end? when do we get outside of the box? who knows when we're put in that final box I guess <laughs> wow <laughs> There And there we have it. That's pretty much <laughs> wraps it up. You are born. You're born in a box because they put you in the little plastic box in the hospital. And from there on out, it's one box after another until you finally end up back in the box. <laughs> and what do we keep buying? Things in boxes. 
in boxes. The box yeah. set. Hello. We, found, we just found the secret. Jesus. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, when I die, make sure I'm cremated and I'm not put in a shoebox. Just let me go outside. I will make certain of it. I will mix you with glitter Thank and you. sprinkle you on the dance floor. Oh, perfect. And then those hot guys can just cover themselves in me and it'll be great. And they won't know it because, you know, and at the end of the night, you can say, you know, you're covered in D and you're covered in fabulousness. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is our, our final advice to those those sheep out there and those people who are listening, because the sheep aren't listening because they're sheep. But those people who are listening and want to do better and have failed, what, what say you? I, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I have any sage advice. You know, the thing is, the, the things that have been preached for how long that the industry doesn't sell you because it doesn't involve buying a pill or buying anything uh, you know, and that's make sure you're eating what's good for your body and move. Yes. Stay on the There's horse, really no... no matter how much you hate the horse. Yeah. Get and on I, the horse. I think, th- <laughs> get a horse. I think the sage advice or the, you know, non-sage advice is the best advice because those who are the gurus are not doing their job very well anyway. So. Yeah. And just. You know, like you said earlier, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't deny yourself. I, I don't, I'm not one that believes in denying yourself anything. If you want the cupcake, have the cupcake. Don't eat 10 cupcakes every day, but don't say you can't have the cupcake. Because then the cupcake will need to be had. It'll exactly. scream your name, just like those potatoes. And when you when you don't feel like moving, move. I think what you said was wise. Give yourself 15 minutes and say, okay, if after 15 minutes I don't feel like it anymore, I will allow myself to quit. Because by the time you get 15 minutes in, those endorphins have kicked in. And you're and all over the place. usually you won't quit. Absolutely. And I think that's the best, the best thing for anyone who's not feeling good or down or unhappy is to just do it because especially during the holidays, that's what I learned a lot was I, I, since I was so exhausted from working and from doing everything I'm doing, I just laid there and I, over that holiday break, I got worse and worse. I felt like shit. So until I moved, then I felt better. It's, it's just what we have to do to make ourselves feel okay. And, and endorphins are magical little creatures. They're, they're great. And I guess for me, like I don't have the choice anymore. Um, since I'm since I'm actually teaching classes now, I can't just say that I'm going to skip. And I think that helps keep me accountable too, because I on days that I do feel like I really just could not go to class and just be plum happy laying on the couch and taking a nap, I don't have that choice exactly. <laughs> anymore. I took that choice away from myself, which is fantastic. When fitness is your job, it it makes a lot of sense. It just helps. It, it helps. does. It helps. And when you find something that you love, and and I I do love Zumba, I would encourage anybody, you know, again, not to make it an infomercial. And not That's just because you're me. certified. It really is awesome, apparently. It really is. And it's effective. I mean, yes, it's the packaging, but there's effectiveness behind the packaging, which makes the difference. Because you can have the prettiest package in the world, and if it doesn't work and you don't love it and people don't love it and it's not something that you love to do, you will never stick with it. And that is true to be said about all packages. Absolutely. 100%. In yes. all forms. I can wrap this crap in a pretty package, but when you open it, you still have crap. It's still crap. And on that note... I think that pretty much sums up how you live better for the rest of your life by the artist D and Paula Frank. Yes, because we know it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't usually advertise that, but it is true. No. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we are steaming ahead with, with our for, for culture with Anne Marie. Bless her. Love her. 
in 2013. Wonderful issues coming up. Much, much lovely. I'm so excited. I'm very excited, especially for this next one. Well, I'm excited for every one of them. So thank so you. That's thank you, honor. Paula, very much. Thank you for having me, Dee. It's been always a pleasure. Fantastic. You've always made our fabulous. evening. Always fabulous. You've made our evening. You made mine. Oh, good. And we can find you everywhere as well through fourculture.com. You're on Twitter and Facebook. And if anyone needs any Zumba-ing inspiration or artistic Four Culture inspiration, we'll definitely link you on the radio post, which everyone should share, because it's an organic radio show, the only true organic thing that exists. Because food, eh, not so organic. Radio shows, absolutely organic. Yes, without the extra organic price. Exactly. And we don't rot. Well, yet. Important. You're not brown and mushy. I'm not brown and mushy. It's not an avocado. I thank you very much. We will talk to you, I'm sure, more in 2013, as we've just only begun. All right. All right. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you very much, Paula. You have a good night. Bye. It's the Fabulous D Show every Sunday at 7 p.m. EST, 12 a.m. GMT, streaming live on rainbowmixradio.com, simulcast on Transtastic Radio in Europe at transtastic.com, and downloadable, iPodable, everythingable, until forbid, at thefabulousdshow.com. Check out the new site. A big thanks to Brett Gleason for our theme song, and again to Paula Frank, for culture editor and Zumba instructor, for joining us tonight. Do you have your fabulous mixed track of energetic aerobic cardio? If you don't, and if you didn't, I suggest you get some. You're missing out. Your world is melting. Express yourself to death. I am the artist D. Good night. <laughs>